it also goes back to that little bit of that thing where, you know, since I always thought of myself as a writer at a certain point, I realized, wait, I actually have to get good at writing. I'm not that good at it. I need to be able to, uh, you know, improve. Hello and welcome to It Starts With Beer. I'm your host, Will Sis. Eric Offgang is a senior writer for Connecticut Magazine with a history of writing about beer, along with a lot of potentially more important topics. Among other books about New England drink and history, he's the author with his father of The Good Vices, a book about the surprising truths about what's good for you. He's also a musician and magician. All right, so I, I'm combing through your biography, and it's 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 filled with a lot of cool little like corners and angles and directions. So I I I wondered if if you wouldn't mind just kind of going over your biography as you see it, the important parts, growing up, that kind of thing, and kind of take me into the direction of how you became the writer that you've become, and we'll, we'll talk about beer. I promise. <laughs> yes. Um... Yeah, well, so I've, I honestly have always thought of myself as a writer pretty much as far back as I could remember. I um, remember as a little kid um, wanting to, like thinking I had these great story ideas and my parents were pretty um, pretty encouraging, so they like encouraged that and, and I, I wasn't able to write, so they bought me a, um, a tape recorder and I tape recorded, um, you know, I, I dictated into the recorder this story that I thought was great about some robot in the North Pole or something absurd like that. But so, you know, from very early on, even before I was able to write, I, I had um, ideas about writing. Um, so that was always something that was kind of part of my identity. Um, you know, growing up, um, it, it was something I wanted to do. I also thought like being a writer was something like wanting to be like sort of like a rock star. It was something that you just couldn't there's no guarantee you'd be able to do it. No, you're on the edge. Um, so I, yeah. yeah. The, um, and that, and, and, and there was no clear path. There was no way to get there. So I also always kind of had like different, different interests as well. Um, I, you know, in college I majored in uh, history cause I was always been fascinated by history and the stories of the past. And I sort of fell into journalism by accident the way, like I was like, well, I should, Start, you know, if I want, if I think of myself as a writer, I'm not a writing major. I should try to do something, you know, before it's too late for me to learn for me to learn how to do this. So I'm going to go to a uh, a newspaper meeting, and I went um, to the college newspaper at Westcon, the Echo, and I just sort of really fell in love with it in a way I didn't expect. Um, it was just really intriguing to me to be able to write about different things, to be able to write about, um, and that's something my career has always uh, kept. You know, so one day I'm writing about beer, the next day I'm writing about um, cures for some type of disease or attempts to, um, you know, fight the current pandemic we're in. So it just, it always, um, I, I love that versatility of being a journalist. And I, I think I've, because of that, I've, I've, I've been able to have a lot more versatility um, because I've always gravitated away from um, being limited to writing about one thing. Do you find that your uh, just personal interests are varied and short-lived uh, in the sense that you're okay with, you know, spending a week on some topic and then never going back to that topic again? Or or would you rather sometimes kind of stay in, in one lane and say, I'm going to really focus on medicine or really focus writing about, you know, um, uh, uh, religion? 
you know, it's I, I have areas that I do always write about. So um, I, I, I really do like the, the versatility. But within that, you know, I'm always writing about beer. I'm always writing about food and, and beer and beverages in general. I'm, I'm always writing about food. I'm always writing about history in some capacity and health. Um, often in some capacity as well. So those are kind of my specialties. But then I also just do really like love writing about new things. And it's um, it sounds maybe sort of cliche or corny, but the thing I really do like to write about is people and their stories. So whether that's a brewer or a doctor or someone, you know, a story that I've uncovered that or, or, or I've discovered for myself that happened hundreds of years ago. So it's just, it is really finding kind of stories and the way I think of it is kind of a story collector. And I think it really sounds more creepy than I intend. Uh, no, not at all. And I, and I don't, I don't think it's corny, but I also, let me go a little, uh, you know, one level deeper, you know, what is it about writing about people that uh, you've become good at? Because I think that is absolutely true. Uh, you know, the people behind any kind of story whether it's education or whether it's politics, that makes it richer. But what have you learned along the way in terms of getting to, to um, get to the real person behind these stories? Well, I, I think it's a matter of being truly interested. So you're, if you're truly interested in some, what someone is doing, they'll take the time to talk about um, themselves and their passion with you. So if you, if you show up kind of in and, uh, you know, just ask open-ended questions and ask questions that, you know, if you're, if you're not sort of afraid to ask what, what might, might appear to be a dumb question, but just because you really want to know um, what's going on, people will respond to that. And so that's part of it. Taking the time, uh, you know, is also a part of it. Just, you know, some people are reluctant to open up at first, and you've got to ask them a few times. You've got to maybe interview them sometimes. I don't have time to do this with every story, but it, you know, it can be fun to maybe shadow a person as they go about their day. Um, so just basically just, you know, kind of keep asking questions, rephrasing questions, you know, showing people, um, I think showing people you care. When you do write about beer, what uh, have you learned about the people that you've uh, written about in the sense that how do you approach interviewing a brewer uh, or a, an owner or a server that might be that you might have learned along the way that you maybe when you first started you had one impression and, and it's it's evolved along the way yeah so one of the things and I wrote a book about breweries in New England a couple years ago um, and you know one of the things when I was starting that book that right away from the get-go I realized I was like well if I go to 25 breweries in New England or 30, which at that point seemed like a lot. Now it seems kind of even absurd to call yourself a, a book tour with that amount of breweries. Right, um, exactly. Um, it would, yeah, it'd probably have to be state by state or city by city if I were to do the book today. But, um, it, you know, the idea was that I was like, well, it's going to be on the surface at least, even though these places are very different and the beer tastes different. If I write about the experience of going on a tour or doing a tasting, it's going to seem very similar and repetitive. So right away I wanted to really tell the stories about how the, um, the place is opened. Um, and I, I'm, I'm big into sort of origin stories. So I always want to hear, you know, how did you start a brewery? Um, I think at the point I was writing this book, it did sound, that was maybe something that didn't seem as, as uh, established. So a lot of people, um, you know, I found that a lot of the brewers I talked to had a sort of business or finance background. And 
left these very high paying, very secure jobs to, you know, go out on a, on a limb and start a brewery, which again, I, I think they had a good idea that it, it would be a decent business, but it, it certainly wasn't an established route at that point. Um, you know, 2012, 2013, um, or it wasn't as well established route as it is today. Um, so that, that was, that's one thing, just looking for that story, um, you know, and how they, how they started. The other thing now, as, as, as the brewing industry gets more um, advanced and more widespread, um, this may be the better word for it, I, I really like to find out, you know, what, what the person thinks is different about their brewery, what sets them apart, um, ask them, you know, what their favorite beers are, get kind of stories about some of the crazy things that have happened to them. It doesn't always fit and, you know, it doesn't always make its way into the um, the finished product, but that, that's what I'm trying for usually. What does the growth of the industry do for a writer? Does it make it more difficult? Um, does it open up more avenues? What what is how has life changed as a writer about beer since the explosion of breweries? Well, I think a brewery open opening used to be news, even in, in a statewide level. So. If you had a brewery opening back when I first started writing about beer at Connecticut Magazine, which I think was, I want to say, 2014. Um, yeah, 2014. Um, that would be, you know, there, there are still smaller breweries that maybe wouldn't make a huge splash on a state level, but it was at least to a certain segment of the population. That was worthy of a story, if for no other reason than it was a new brewery. And here's sort of what they're doing. Here's the scoop. That, you know, over the last few years, I don't think is any longer the case. It's a little bit, it's not quite the same as restaurants, but it's the same kind of thing that it's not just a good enough reason that you opened the brewery. Um, the other challenge is, you know, just from keeping up with it and, and going to, you know, at, 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 there was a certain point where I felt like I had been to most breweries in Connecticut or all. Um, and, and that's no longer the case where it just, it's, it's hard to keep up with, um, especially if it's outside of, you know, the immediate area where I work or live, you know, I have to make a, a trip out there and, and, and I do try to do that, but I, I'm not getting to every single one anymore. Um, and it's just finding a little bit more of you, you maybe need a unique angle. Maybe it's a farm brewery. Maybe it's someone um, that has, you know, some, some particular story or particular reason uh, to write about them. There's, you know, more food being done as part of the breweries. So that's something um as far as writing, the writing itself, it's, it is a little bit challenging because you have um, this segment of the population that is so intensely into beer and, and so very knowledgeable about it. And you, can, you know, they know what you mean when you're talking about different uh, varieties of hops and that, that means something to them. But you still have, and that's a larger percentage than I think it's ever been before, but you still have a lot of people in a general publication like Connecticut Magazine who will have no idea about that. So it, it can be a challenge to both reach that general audience and that very dedicated audience. Tell me a little bit about your um, your uh, music angle. Tell me about uh, your life as a musician. Yeah, so um, in addition to, you know, always thinking of myself as a writer, I worked, um, my family had a, um, and we're on a little bit of a hiatus now, but we had a Celtic rock band named Moore, and uh, my two brothers played the bagpipes, my uh, sister uh, sang and played the piano, and my mom played the uh, boron and Irish drum. And I was kind of, 
I was sort of the the outcast of the family in that I didn't initially play an instrument. I was more interested in writing, so I started working with them on sort of uh, songwriting and things like that. And then eventually, I was going to all the gigs anyhow, helping load and unload. So I I took a while to um, you know learn the bass and started joining the joining the rest of them on stage. Yeah, and we used to play a lot of, um, you know, we would play whiskey live events, a lot of whiskey tasting events, a couple, you know, beer festivals. Um, and there was a lot of crossover between the world of music in the and the craft beer world, not just the uh, world of drinking, which I think is obvious. But yeah, absolutely. Um, How do you like playing with your family? It was fun. It, you know, it, it, there were some long car rides that could have been... We're, we're not always fun, but on the, on the whole, it was a lot of fun. And you got you got good at the bass? Yes, yeah. It was, it was a period of, um, you know, they were working with a, a variety of different musicians, and it, it, it took me a while. So I, I was taking lessons for a year or two before I was even, you know, ready to, to play with them. What about um, Magic? Tell me about uh, about your 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 life with Magic. Yeah, so as 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 a a little kid, um, I started um, learning magic. I went into, um, I ended up apprenticing with um, magicians in in New York City. They used to meet at this um, restaurant right off Broadway um, within the Edison Hotel, and they would all, they would go every day. I would go, you know, a couple times a month. Um, they would go every day at lunchtime, and they would you know sit and talk. You know, they were some in some cases vaudeville era performers and they would talk about um you know when david copperfield was a kid and people that had um they were i don't think they were they weren't able none of them had met houdini but they were removed from sort of pe- one person removed from people who had trained wow. with him and things like that um so i i started learning magic really enjoyed it how um, old I gravitated were you when more. you first started about how old i was were... about third about 13 when I first started seriously doing it, um, maybe a little younger, like maybe 12 or 11. And then I think my first professional show was at 15. Wow. Um, what was that like? It it was just fun. The, the thing that I've always loved about magic is just going up to someone when they don't really expect it. It's almost more fun than doing a show. And then they kind of roll their eyes and they think it's going to be um, something that's not that exciting. And then they get really impressed. So that that's always the the most fun uh, for me, sort of a surprise. My thanks to Eric Offgang. You can read his work at ConnecticutMag.com. I am at BeersnobWrites.com. Thank you for listening. You can leave me a Venmo tip if you'd like. I'm at William-Sis. Until next time, sip well.